Welcome to the Wellness Hub Podcast, a show dedicated to uncovering the future of healthy living. Each week, we aim to bring you content that supports your personal health journey through insightful conversations with amazing guests. We explore various topics ranging from healthy eating, technology, fitness, mindfulness, and more. Now let's join our host, Drew Mumro, co-founder and CEO of UpMeals, a Vancouver-based food tech startup on a mission to make healthy meals accessible through technology. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Hub. We're so glad to have you with us for yet another edition of Wellness Wednesdays. Every week, we're hosting amazing guests and having insightful conversations into food, technology, mindfulness, entrepreneurship, and more. And as always, we hope you find these conversations valuable and insightful on your own wellness journey. Our special guest tonight is part of an organization that's using technology to help combat two of the biggest challenges on the planet right now, food insecurity and food waste. Their platform, Vancouver Food Runners, has rescued and repurposed more than 275,000 pounds of food since last March in Vancouver alone, with more than 95% of that food being fresh food that would otherwise be destined for the waste stream. We'll be learning more about her unique background and journey, the important challenges that we're facing as a society surrounding food waste and food insecurity, and we'll be providing you with some expert insights and tips on ways we can all help reduce our food waste footprint. As we discuss these important topics, a reminder, please comment, ask questions on Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, wherever you happen to be watching the show. We will be answering audience questions all throughout the show. So without further ado, please welcome our special guest this evening, Executive Director of Vancouver Food Runners, Michelle Reining. Michelle, welcome to the Wellness Hub. Thank you so much, Drew. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. So I, I want to just sort of jump right in. I, I love your platform and I would love it if you could sort of just start by explaining to our listeners, what is Vancouver Food Runners and, and why is it so important? Yeah, sure. So basically imagine Uber Eats uh, for free surplus food powered by a network of volunteer food drivers. So, I mean, I can even use your example, Drew. So when you had surplus food from Drew's Catering, you were able to get in touch with me. We onboarded you into our system and then you let us know when you had a donation and that information then gets matched to a community partner. And then that is on our platform and then it goes onto the app um, as a rescue and all of our volunteers can download the app and see all the rescues that are available in the area. They can choose the one for your location and then they're provided with all the details if they claim that rescue to come collect your food they have all the details, contact information, what they need to do actually at the location, and even mapping softwares inside. So yeah, it provides this amazing platform for surplus food to get distributed across the city to our network of over 70 community partners in Vancouver. Uh, amazing. And I, I think it's important, you know, to talk about the, how, how innovative this really is. The fact that you're using this app and using the power of the community to, to, to help drive this. I mean, you mentioned, I mean, I, I ran a large catering company for the better part of a, of a decade and it's almost impossible to repurpose that surplus fresh food because of the lack of, you know, infrastructure or resources or support that some of the larger food banks have. So, you know, this is such an important work and I, I just would love to know how, how did you become involved with this amazing initiative? Yeah, so I mean, I can go right back to the beginning. So this technology was actually developed um, in Pittsburgh by mm. a woman named Leah Lizarondo. 
And so about six years ago, she came up with this idea to develop the technology platform. Um, and they've actually been using it in Pittsburgh for over uh, six years now at this point, and they've rescued over 17 million pounds of food. It just in Pittsburgh alone with this technology. And they have over 700 or 7,000, I should say, uh, volunteer food drivers um, registered on the app. So now fast forward six years later, and Tristan Jagger, our founder, when she started learning about food insecurity in Vancouver, I mean, the perception is that Vancouver is this incredibly wealthy city. Um, you know, it's a glossy, it's beautiful, but I don't think people really understand that one in nine people in Vancouver and in BC are food insecure. Um, right now it's even one in seven given COVID and the financial insecurity that has sprung to the table. Um, so yeah, so this, I mean, and then this was developed in Vancouver, Tristan brought it here and, and then I got involved a little bit later on. Um, she knew, I've known Tristan since she was two years old. She was my neighbor growing up and she knew my background was in nonprofit and research. And she's like, you know, come on board. Let's let's try to bring this technology to Vancouver. And it's an incredible idea. We have an amazing volunteer manager now, Allison Scarlett, and our media specialist uh, Libby Shomka, and our program coordinator Chloe Leslie. So we've we've it's amazing this amazing team of women working together. We've got eleven kids between us. So you know, and yeah, I know it's we're busy and. You know, um, most of us are born and raised in Vancouver, so we're, we're passionate about bringing this technology to the city and, you know, solving a problem locally here. And, and I want to talk a little bit about, about your background. You've got a really sort of fascinating and, and very impressive background. I mean, I see that you have a, you know, a bachelor's in psychology from UBC, a master's in anthropology from UVic, <laughs> and, a, and a master's in, in public health as well. I mean, this, this great sort of background and pedigree for the work you're doing. So <laughs> yeah. I, I want, I, could you share with me a little bit about your academic journey and how you've been able to, to use that here in this exciting work you're doing? Yeah, so I, I would say that my approach to education has been um, driven by curiosity and it's probably been quite intuitive. So I started at UBC and I, I just started taking classes that I was mostly interested in that turned out to be psychology. And then by the end of my degree, I was more interested in anthropology. So I decided to pursue my master's in anthropology after I graduated and did my undergraduate degree. Um, and then actually I ended up living in Asia, in Malaysia for 10 wow. years. So that was an adventure and I did um, health and human rights research over there and coordinated a lot of projects. Um, many of them are regional, um, some of them were national level, um, looking at, a lot of them were looking at access to healthcare for marginalized communities. So, um, and then when I came back to Vancouver, um, I was, I did my second master's degree, um, which was sort of piggybacking off of my background and interest in public health. So. For the anthropology, it's more of like a qualitative narrative understanding of research, mm -hmm. and then the the public health is my quantitative science side. So I, I feel like it brings both to the table. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, and it's a fascinating background that you're now using, and I'm sure you're using all sorts of yeah. this, these skills with this current work you're doing. I can just see how that's plugging into this, the, the technology and the yeah. community engagement and all absolutely. of these different things, right? Absolutely. So a lot of my work in Asia was uh, project coordination and research. And I, I think that's an interesting component to the work too. I like to think about, you know, we just did a, um, a community survey with our with our community-based partners just to find out more information about the type of food they need, um, their particular needs, um, what, you know, the, how are their populations struggling with food insecurity? So those are my interests. And I think we can better serve our community partners by learning more about them and working with them and understanding more about 
the communities that they're working with. So I, I think that's a big and important piece to this. So, yeah. Fantastic. And, and I want to touch on something that you actually said a little bit earlier in our conversation. Um, you know, and I think a common misconception a lot of people have, like you mentioned, is that, you know, food security, food insecurity is not really as big of an issue in a city like Vancouver, or even you could argue in all across Canada. So, you know, could you shed some light on on the severity of this issue and, and what you're doing at Vancouver Food Runners to sort of co combat it? I think... I mean, I think it is a serious issue, and I think, but I think it's an issue that a lot of people in different sections of Vancouver don't know about. I mean, in Vancouver, we're all we're, all, we're a tight city; we're all close together. But different, there's a very wealthy side, and then there's also sides that are struggling more. And I mean, you look at, um, and it intersects with really complicated issues, um, whether it's gender or race, or you know, um, you know, those those deep systemic issues around poverty that are. Um, it's you know it's really complex and yeah I mean it's a it's a complicated issue so yeah and, and it's it's something that's just so important to talk about and I think yeah. a lot of those conversations maybe aren't aren't happening or aren't as openly happening as they need to and I think having a platform like what you've built gives people a really accessible point to to do something about it I think if people have the conversation the the question they have is, well, like, what what can I do about it, right? I'm I'm just doing my best and trying to take care of myself, and and you give them that voice, right, to to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Absolutely, I think it, I think volunteering with Vancouver Food Runners has actually been eye opening for a lot of people. They can go and see how much food there actually is. So our our average donation size is about 125 pounds. That's a significant amount of food. And then they're actually traveling, like, you know, we try to place our rescues as close as possible. They're working with the community partners so getting to know the, the community partners and the people that work there and the issues that they're dealing with. And then they're doing their own research on their own to learn more about these issues as well. The disconnect between food waste and food insecurity in Vancouver. And, and as someone like yourself who is, you know, so deeply invested in these issues of, of, of food and insecurity and, and hunger, you know, I want to ask you, what do you see as the biggest hurdle, the biggest obstacle in your mission towards what you're trying to achieve with Vancouver Food Runners? Oh, well, I mean, those are it's it's such a complex issue. You know, when you're talking about food waste, the solutions and then also food insecurity. Right. So if you're looking at food waste, how do we bring that the, the amount of food waste down? I mean, Second Harvard did this report and for 58 percent of food waste is it's you know lost or wasted food 32 percent of that food could be used to support communities across canada mm. so okay how do we bring the waste down and then how do we come up with solutions to redistribute what is available and then on the other side you know we have the the issues around poverty so what are the strategies happening on that side as well the social policies around you know whether it's you know, affordable housing or childcare and things like that. So, but these solutions that, you know, that the Vancouver Food Runners provides, um, it, I think they weren't available before. I don't think there was an option for a restaurant or a catering company to redistribute their surplus food. You know, there's, there's some larger organizations in Vancouver with using trucks, but for those smaller ad hoc deliveries and cafes and bakeries, there really wasn't a mechanism, I think, in Vancouver for, for, for people to, or for, for food businesses to redistribute their food to those in need. And I, I can attest to that, that there wasn't, there absolutely wasn't. And, and from someone who watched, you know, in, with a great deal of, of frustration and disappointment, uh, vast amounts of surplus food from, you know, things like events 
yeah. and end up in the waste stream with no viable option for that food to be repurposed to somebody in need was a massive problem that yeah. really, really bothered me for years and years until I found your platforms. Yeah. So, so thank you for, for, for doing this great work. Um, and, and along those same lines, I mean, you referenced that there's sort of two components to this, the first mm -hmm. being to reduce the amount of food waste being generated, yeah. second to find ways to more efficiently redistribute it. So, you know, what sort of tips would you have for our listeners or our viewers here to be more mindful about their own food waste, given those statistics that you shared? Yeah, I mean, in our households, about 14% of food waste is happening at the household level. So that's that's pretty high. It's, it's not good. I think a lot of it has to do with being intentional. So thinking at the beginning of the week, okay, how do we meal plan, making lists, um, you know, just going to the supermarket and buying just what you need versus buying, sometimes buying in bulk can be a good thing, but if you're not gonna use it all, it might not be the best way to go. Um, I think food storage, people need to think about that and find strategies around how to store their food better. There's there's some information on that. And then another issue I think it's important is, is um, best before dates. I think people, a lot of people will throw their food out either even a couple of days before or on right on the day, just, just, you know, to be safe. But those are actually just guidelines around quality. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the BC um, CDC, they actually have some uh, guidelines. So you can, you know, keep using your food a little bit after that best before date and not throw it out. So I think that's important to know. Yeah, and that, that's sort of a hot, like a hot button topic is talking about those best before dates because we're yeah. so programmed, especially here in North America and in Canada with, you know, we have very rigid food safety protocols, which are ultimately there to protect us. They're, yeah. they're the, the essence of it is a good thing, but they're so, they're so overly cautious that it actually kind of is compounding this food waste problem and that people are so scared to, you yeah. know, to, to, to risk it that they're just would rather throw it away when realistically these products are good for you know a, a, a great amount of time past what it says on the label and that's that's something a lot of people don't realize i think yeah i think people if they you know will do a little research around that and actually mm. if they if they go go to the website download the guidelines and then they'll probably have a greater sense of comfort or or just that knowledge will make them feel a bit better about the choices they're making in terms of if, if they do decide to you know push push past that that best best before date a little bit yeah, uh, yeah, and I think it's it's okay to tip to walk the line a little bit as, yeah. a, as a consumer, yeah. right? And and yeah. and you know those are extremely conservative, and that's actually a really important message to 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 all the listeners out there. Um, you know, and, and something we love, and I want to talk a little bit more about the technology component and the app yeah. itself. I mean, something we love here at the Wellness Hub is just that intersection between food and technology and and you know you one of the most exciting things is this food rescue hero app that you're using at vancouver food runners could you just tell us a little bit more about like how the app works and what the process is like and uh how it's helped you guys towards your greater mission yeah i mean the app to be honest it's everything for yeah. us it's, it's the hub around which the program runs so I mean, it organizes all of the food donors for us, all the community partners and all the volunteers. So as I said at the beginning, you know, when we get that call from the food donor, um, we match it to the community partner. All the information goes into the app. That rescue then goes off into the app and, and the volunteers can basically just see it. So they can see the screen and then click on the rescue that works for them. So, and for volunteers, it's incredibly easy because they can pick a rescue that works with their schedule, whether it's 8.30 in the morning, 
11.30 on any given day, there's probably like five or six rescues that probably that might work with their schedule. Um, and at the same time, we also have weekly rescues as well. So if you want to have a bit more structure in your routine, you can, you know, pick a Thursday morning rescue at Grounds for Coffee um, and always go there at 11 o'clock and you'll always drop it to the same community partner. And that's nice for the community partners as well, because they know that that donation will be coming every week at that time. So it offers a lot of, um, yeah, structure. So it has both the flexibility, but then also the structure as well. Yeah. And that, that was going to be my, my question is, is, do you think you'd be as successful at what you're doing with, without the app? And it sounds like the answer would be, would be <laughs> no, not, not, no, not, not really. No, yeah. No. yeah. So no, not at all. So when we first started, we, we launched in March, 2020 and yeah. our incredible volunteer manager, Alison Scarlett, she basically started all the coordination, just doing it through email and it was so labor intensive to have to email each individual food rescue and then just do all the coordination, all the details for each rescue. It's not scalable. So that's that's the beauty of this. So if you look at what's happening in 421 Food Rescue now in Pittsburgh, so we're doing between, I'd say, 20 to 25, possibly 30 rescues a day. They're doing 200. Wow. So this technology can be scaled. And that's the beauty of it. Our team can stay small, lean. We don't need a warehouse. That's the beautiful part as well. It's just going from point A to point B. Um, yeah, there's, you can see a rescue that Allison and I did. Um, and yeah, it, it, it just creates this beautiful streamlined process um, that allows food, to, surplus food to move across the city in a really efficient and effective way. And yeah, volunteers think it's also easy. We've gotten great feedback mm. from them as well. So it's perfect. And talk to me about some of the feedback you received from the other end of it, from the food production partners, the the kind of the people that are donating the food. Uh, how was the adoption with them and how did you find those initial partnerships? Well, Drew, you were one of our initial partners. <laughs> it was first to sign up. Uh, you were, you know, you were one, one of them. One of them. Yeah. One of them. Yeah. No, and, and I think for a lot of our donors are just truly grateful to have this this um, this service. It's free, it's simple. They just call us when they have food available or they set it up on a weekly schedule. And I think there's a lot of gratitude and they feel they feel great about it. And then we can also provide them with reports, you know, at the end of the year. They know how much surplus food they're donating. They can share that with their with their clients or their partners. They can see the CO2 footprint that they're that they're you know mitigating from the environment. So it's a real it's a really exciting thing for the city and we've gotten a lot of feedback. We have about 165 food donors right now and it's you know from wholesalers to farms to catering companies to cafes to coffee shops to hotels. So it really we have a broad base of, of people that we're working with. Amazing. And, and let's talk a little bit about sort of the, the final and the most important leg, which is who this food is reaching at the end yeah. point. Um, how do you guys build out those partnerships with those communities that are in need? Yeah. So basically, we, we have about over 70 community partners right now. So we work with a lot of established nonprofits in Vancouver, whether it's Covenant House or YWCA, Atira Women's Resource Society, Lookout um, Health and Housing Society. Um, so we try to work with a lot of also the neighborhood houses. We want to work with a lot of hubs that are spread out across the city because different parts of the city have different access issues. And oftentimes people struggle in a particularly South Vancouver, different pockets of East Vancouver. They struggle to get food to get to the food bank. So if we can work with as many, you know, small partners across the city, it's fantastic. And the feedback from them has been amazing. So uh, part of this community survey that I just did, um, the, the food is it's increasing the quality of food that they're able to distribute. 
It's um, helping them with their food costs. So that means that's helping that organization um, lower their overall costs. And it actually allows their staff to focus more of their time on the like the work that they're doing. So whether whether that's you know violence against women or poverty reduction or just even working with the individuals they're trying to serve, it just frees up that time to spend more time on their core work. So we've been getting a lot of positive feedback from the work that we're doing. And, and yeah. Amazing. And I think one of the things that's so innovative compared to like traditionally how this food rescue or repurposing is done is how fast it is and how how fast the food goes from being available to having yeah. somebody, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's like watching your, your Uber driver come to pick you up, you know, and seeing this, <laughs> yeah. this thing, it's happening so quickly. And then having that instantly going to whoever yeah. needs it. And that is such a simple idea, but so logistically complex and difficult to execute at that. It's such an achievement that you guys have pulled off because the the ability to get that fresh, high quality food is dependent on that and dependent on it yeah. not sitting at a warehouse for three days, because at that point, it's you might as it's going to end up in the waste stream anyways. So yeah. so so kudos to you guys on, on getting that done. And and I want to talk a little bit more um, sort of about, you mentioned earlier, we, we signed on with Drew's Catering and, and now you're working with us uh, yeah. with, with, with Up Meals. So yeah. you know, just, just for our listeners to understand the, the, the dynamic, um, uh, Up Meals partners with Vancouver Food Runners and they repurpose uh, surplus items from our smart vending machines, which have beautiful, fresh, healthy products in them. Um, maybe just share a little bit of our, your experience working with our team and how that collaboration has been on your end. Yeah, I think the enthusiasm from the up meals team is unparalleled. It's, it's wonderful. I think your, your whole team is so focused on sustainability and it's wonderful. So um, you obviously have a few vending machines in Vancouver and whenever you have surplus um, you reach out to us, Roshni lets us know, and then we're able to match the food from those vending machines to a community partner. That's incredibly close, which is part of our model. We don't want the food to travel too far. Ideally, less than five kilometers, even less than that. I think in this case, it's probably two kilometers. So your driver actually picks up the extra food and immediately drops it off to John and his team at Direction Services, food, um, Directions Youth Services. And they're so grateful for these meals. They're wonderful for the kids. So yeah, it's, it's a fantastic partnership. Uh, amazing. And, and you know, I wanna talk a little bit because we're talking so much about how how much all of this is and how crazy it is and how difficult, you know, scaling these platforms or how much work it really requires. You know, I, I think there was a reference to, correct me if I'm wrong, there's 11 kids collectively be between the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the senior staff. At, so I, yeah. I want to ask you as, as somebody, you're an executive director here, you have so many responsibilities and unique kind of daily challenges. What's, what's the source of your motivation? What gets you out of bed to do this important work every day? Oh, I think it's the problem that we're solving. It just seems like such a, a no brainer. Like you have the surplus food, you have these community partners that can benefit from it. Like the simplicity of the model is just so obvious to me that to do this. And I think, and I think also the enthusiasm from everybody involved, it's a true community effort across the board, you know, from the food donors that are delighted and thrilled that they can donate their surplus food to the volunteers that are, you know, overjoyed that they can, do something that's so positive in their community um, to the community partners that are obviously thrilled to receive the food. It's just like a win, win, win across the whole. It's such feel good work. I, I, it's easy to get out of bed in the morning and do this. I probably, I work too much. Tristan would say I work too much, but, <laughs> but I like it. It's great. Yeah. 
Uh, and and sort of in line to what I want to ask next, I mean, when when you do need to have a bit of downtime, we love to talk about, you know, self-care. I think, you know, yeah. entrepreneurs and people doing innovative work don't always prioritize that and, and yeah. they should, myself included. As For yourself, uh, you know, what is your favorite form of self-care? Um, I think with COVID, everything is, you know, our whole world is shifted and turned upside down a little bit. I think with the family, we do a lot, there's a lot of forest walking happening. So <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I think Pacific Spirit Park has been a really, a really big, nice. a, a big part of my life in the last um, year. So there's a lot of forest walks happening, a lot mm. of beach time, just a lot of being in nature, I think to decompress. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, sure. and I'm going to take a, a really quick question from the audience here. So uh, we have a question coming in from Facebook. So what are the requirements for volunteers who want to get involved with your program? I mean, the, the, the requirements are actually really low. You just basically go to um, the Apple Store, the App Store, and search for Vancouver Food Runners and download the app. And that's it. You can just basically get started. It's, it's, it's super, super simple. Um, that's it. Wow. And, yeah. and for for any uh, restaurant or food production partners that want to get involved, what's the process like for them? Okay. Well, basically, um, you can go to our website. So www.vancouverfoodrunners.com. Um, there's a section there where you can basically submit your information if you're a food donor. Um, alternatively, you can just email us at info at vancouverfoodrunners.com. Um, and, and it, yeah, and basically we have a simple intake form and then we add you into our system. And then from there, you can just call us anytime you have a food donation and we can set that up for you. And a volunteer can usually be there within, you know, four to five hours. And, and yeah, it's, it's quite, it's really straightforward. That's the beauty of this. It's, it's one of those things where you're right. Like it's such, the problem is such a no brainer and how easy you've made it now to, to, have people actively involved in solving it is is yeah. just it, it's it's almost like why 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 was this not around sooner at least in Vancouver here from what yeah. we've seen and I'm and it's it's just so incredible so I really want to encourage uh, anyone that's listening to this to please go go to the website if you're an individual and wondering how you can help uh, please download the app consider signing up as a volunteer if you're a restaurant or a chef uh, or a partner uh, or a food production company uh, please consider uh, because even during these tough times there are always surplus items and things that can be repurposed to avoid them going into the waste stream. Um, and, and I want to ask you sort of a, this is a fun question. What is your favorite go-to meal for yourself, for you personally? Oh, goodness. Um, probably lately. Let's see. My husband makes a pretty good chicken curry. So if he makes that, I'm, I'm happy. It's good. That's a good meal. Nice, yeah. nice choice. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I yeah. would take that any day of the weekend. And yeah. we have another quick question coming in here from, uh, from Facebook. So do you, at this point, uh, are you only taking food donations and are there certain types of foods that you prefer over others to receive? Yeah. So if, I mean, if, uh, if you're a food business, we will almost take anything at this point. That's the beauty of this model as well, because we're placing the the food so, I mean, it's only in transit for 15 minutes and we can actually see on the back end, we're tracking the food donation as it's happening. Um, so for food safety, that's great. Um, so we can do dairy or meat, uh, prepared meals. Um, yeah. Perfect. Um, and aside from the website, is there anywhere else that we can go or should go to learn more about the important work that Vancouver Food Runners is doing? 
Well, you can, I mean, you can follow along on our food rescue adventures on Instagram. So that's mm. um, at Vancouver underscore food underscore runners. So you can see that there. Um, yeah. And yeah, Facebook as well. We're there. So yeah, the website. Perfect. Well, I, I, I really value this conversation tonight, Michelle, such important work that, that you are doing. And I, I really uh, am, am grateful to you and your team for providing this important service for, you know, not just food operators, but, you know, volunteers and, and communities in need. So thank you so much for making the time here tonight mm -hmm. to, to join us live on, yeah. on Wellness Wednesdays on the Wellness Hub. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me, Drew. You guys have been supporters from the beginning, and I, we re I really appreciate your commitment to sustainability. So it's great. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks. This is such an important conversation tonight in, in a lot of ways. Uh, as someone who's been in the food industry myself for the better part of my life, I have watched in, in frustration as countless volumes of delicious, fresh food is thrown directly into the waste stream from things like catered events and banquets and, and other parties. I, I've watched the major food banks reject this food just simply because they lack the technology, the resources, or the infrastructure to handle it properly and get it to the communities in need. What Vancouver Food Runners has done in leveraging both the power of technology and the power of community is some of the most important work happening right now in our community here in Vancouver and, and around the world. Just in Canada alone, more than 2.2 million tons of fresh edible food is wasted every year. As we've referenced in the conversation tonight, what can you do to help sign up? If you're an individual, become a volunteer through their platform. If you're a food producer, sign up to donate any surplus food to this program. You'll be very glad that you did. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. If you'd like to engage with us and join the discussion, please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, or LinkedIn at Upmeals. And as always, we will see you next Wednesday evening right here on the Wellness Hub for another great conversation. I'm Drew Monroe. Until then, take care and be well.